0: I think this is one of my favorite tunes off "Desolation Sounds" by Ayla Brooke and the Soundmen. Sam, we're just like—we've got our uh, coffee from Yeg Coffee Cub Coffee Club. We are the coffee cubs of Yeg Coffee Club. Is
1: that we've been we've been dubbed the Yeg Coffee Cubs? I don't mind being a coffee cub. That sounds no, like a pretty good. It sounds oh, like yeah.
0: a, it's like Cubs and Scouts
1: and Girl Guides like, and, and, and. This is like. Wonderfully beautiful, flavorful coffee.
0: These are those Mexican beans, Mm. and uh, you can check out this. Hey, guys, this one's for free. This wasn't even planned, and we're mentioning it before Bitcoin Well, which technically contravenes our contract. But Adam O'Brien, the CEO of Bitcoin Well, is not going to pay attention because they've just welcomed a beautiful new baby boy to their family. Congratulations to the O'Briens. So Adam's probably not watching Real Talk this morning. Okay. We'll keep keep the pre-show music on when you talk about coffee. Exactly, because this is not technically the start of the show yet. Exactly. So at Yeg Coffee Club. Yeah, yegcoffeeclub.ca, you can check out how to get the Mexican beans that we're uh, trying out this month. Every month we get a different one with our subscription. Uh, Customize your subscription and enjoy fresh, locally roasted coffee every month. It's awesome. Right to your door. Beauty. Uh, The reason I'm mentioning, I keep saying Mexican beans, Mexican beans, is because I've disrespected Mexico with my coffee bean purchasing. I've, I've 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 always been like I'd see like the Indo beans like the Sumatra region I've really liked and there are some African beans that I really like and uh, and then you get kind of caught up into thinking that certain regions are just like Mexican coffee's too light and too bright. I would almost use the word pithy. Mm-hmm. That was that was my impression of it. Like it didn't have the oomph that I needed. But I have been shown that I like I, a nice bright
1: coffee. Yeah, it's just sort of it's it's it, it's a. Uh, it, it, for me, when you get a, a brighter tasting cup of coffee, it's just like it kind of wakes up your senses. You didn't yeah. expect it. It's like it gives that, especially that big whiff that you get out of it.
0: It's like when you have like a lemonade in the summer instead oh, of so something. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Sarah Hoyles, is she going to, if we just go like right to her right now, I just want to check in, editorial producer of the show. We didn't, she's always ready. We don't catch her off guard. We we, we dropped off a pound of those beans at your house. Are, do you happen to be sipping on those beans right now, or is it not a coffee morning for you, at least right at this minute? <laughs>
2: not a coffee morning what a ridiculous I don't know, question I don't know what I was.
0: well i wanted to give you an out if you needed the out so like...
2: <laughs> yeah got it here got Ooh. it brewed on my second cup already oh, it's delicious. Yeah,
0: on your second cup already perfect okay we're going to talk to sarah hoyles in just a little bit i'm i've been up i was telling the team uh, we're doing this live it's eight thirty four mountain time uh, 10 34 eastern good morning to everybody joining us on the, on the west coast on the east coast and everywhere in between across canada a uh, real talk ryan jesperson with you sam brooks and sarah hoyles uh, feels like noon or 1 p.m. already for me because I was uh, lucky enough to wake up early today to host. It was a real honor to host the Mental Health Foundation's annual fundraising breakfast. We did it virtually. Um, so I was at a, a studio, a sound studio, and uh, they did a great job at Production World and, and bringing everybody. Uh, an amazing keynote from Victoria Maxwell. You remember her? She was on the bipolar princess, the wellness warrior. She was on our show a few days ago, just last week. And you can check that out, podcast archives, YouTube archives And Victoria, uh, just delivering an amazing message this morning. Pretty striking statistics. And you know, um, you have facts along this line if you follow us and have participated in our Y station question of the week. For example, we did one on COVID and the impact on mental health a number of months ago. You remember that. And Victoria was reminding everybody this morning that 40% of us across Canada report um, a degradation in our mental health, basically, a you know, a mental health impact as a result of this pandemic, 40%. And so the resources are more important now than ever before. Uh, the Mental Health Foundation Annual Breakfast uh, with Altitude Investments is uh, the presenting sponsor. An amazing job today. You can check out more at mentalhealthfoundation.ca. The resources there. And then by the way, oh yeah, they also have a 50-50 going. We know that Canadians, you guys, we love our 50 I say you guys, we. I'm always in on the action. We love our 50 So you can uh, check that out. We have a big show in store coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to check in with uh, a couple representatives of uh, different agencies, Ukrainian agencies across The country right now. How are they processing what they're seeing in Ukraine? What are they doing to assist? Where can they assist? How can we help? Uh, I mean, are their hearts in their throats relating to personal connections to the country? Do they have family members there? We're going to get into this, and later on in the show, (laughs) this guy is respectfully, I'll say, come out of nowhere, Captain Kobe. Uh, He's 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 a guy, single dad, father to local guy, lives here in our home city of Edmonton, and he's closing in on a quarter million. TikTok followers. He's got like 30,000 on Twitter. His videos, people are connecting with him. He started taking big shots at the Ottawa occupation. I mean, the convoy, that sort of a thing. But, um, I don't think you'll mind me saying he kind of looks like one of the truckers. And so I think people when they're seeing his videos are going, what's this guy? They're trying to figure this guy out. So we're going to try to figure out Captain Kobe today. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. It's always a good sign to me when a lot of people are really excited about a guest that's coming up. And some people are totally pissed that we're going to be talking to somebody. That typically to me means that we're going to have an interview worth your time. And so Captain Kobe's coming up. Plus, A couple of your emails following a roundtable on the killing of Lat Jor Tool. That's the 41-year-old man that was shot by Calgary police back on February 19th. We talked to a spokesperson for his family and a couple of other uh, community activists and uh, people that are participating in some of the initiatives around um, police response to mental health calls, de-escalation techniques, uh, immigrant and refugee integration, uh, supports, mental health, wellness supports, and the like. Uh, The roundtable certainly got a lot of you thinking. Some of you have have written letters in, um, as we do as Canadians, strongly worded, but coming from a great place and saying, you know, I'm not sure that our perspective was represented here. I'm going to include in the letters one from a guy by the name of Anton, it's not his real name. Of course, he's a, a, a downtown or an inner city police officer in a Canadian city. And he said, these are my personal opinions, not that of the police service that I work for. Uh, he says his an- anonymity is important. We verified the address. And and um, so that's going to be, I think, a good perspective and a valuable one, an important one to share. As mentioned, our friends at Bitcoin Well, the presenting sponsors of this program, the ones that have been with us since day one it's time I mean, people are talking a lot about cryptocurrency right now right the implications of the emergencies act people are talking about the free flow of of wealth around the world and what certain government initiatives might mean for crypto you know if you have questions about this bitcoin well welcomes those questions they're not the delicate types of folks that shy away from tough questions they welcome those they posted yesterday on their instagram you can follow them at the bitcoin well bitcoin's price up As much as 17% trading volume up a whopping 58% over the last 24 hours. This was as of last night. Can you believe it? They say indications the strength of Bitcoin becoming more clear as geopolitical circumstances become uncertain. Always stuff to talk about there. You'll find them under the sponsors tab at RyanJesperson.com.
3: Real talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson.
0: Coming up in just a couple of moments, we're going to talk to Yuri Klufas, uh, President of the Ukrainian National Federation, and Orisia Boychuk will join us from the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress. That in just a couple of moments, but we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, there's been a lot of news, and uh, some of it uh, the most gut-wrenching, uh, and that includes um, a story pretty close to home for us, and Sarah Hoyles is following this on our behalf. Uh, Sarah, and Alberta First Nation reporting that it's found 169, what it's calling 169, anomalies at a former residential school site. Um, This is almost 170 potential graves uh, at the site of a former residential school that was known as St. Bernard's Indian Residential School. This is about three and a half hours, about 370 kilometers northwest of Edmonton. What do we know this morning?
2: Oh, well, heavy hearts, uh, first off. Uh, Really tough news to hear. So yeah, 40 Four potential graves were located by the church, a former nun's residence, and by an old root cellar. And then another 115 were identified in the community cemetery. So um, we're, we're waiting to find out more information. But at this point, 169 is the number.
0: Okay. This is a story that we continue to follow. And, and you know, I mean, this has obviously been Um, Since May or June of last year, um, I think beginning in Kamloops, at least, that's when the national conversation started to happen. I saw a tweet from a guy that I've got a lot of respect for uh, just yesterday, a fellow by the name of Elliot Young. And he's uh, just a remarkable community member and a great advocate uh, and a proud uh, indigenous young man. and, And he tweeted each announcement about unmarked graves hits like a ton of bricks. He said, each reminds me how much Canada hated me and my ancestors, how Canada worked to erase us through genocide. He says, my heart is with my T8 kin and Kapowino First Nation. I'm going to be holding my kids tight tonight. That from... Elliot Young, who, of course, I know speaks for a lot of people, uh, Sarah, and, and, and a lot of folks will, of course, have their own feelings about this. We welcome people's thoughts to talk at RyanJesperson.com. And this show, we want to be extremely clear, uh, respects an ongoing and reiterates an ongoing commitment to telling these stories. And that's a story that we'll continue to follow as we have more details. I know those are difficult ones uh, to process. We also heard from Alberta's premier yesterday. And uh, Sarah, I don't know if you saw the final results of my unofficial, unscientific Twitter poll. Did you have a chance to see it? Uh, I didn't this fill was, me in. Yeah, so we had we asked yesterday and and people wanted to, you know, make clear as well that the city of Edmonton right now has its its face covering bylaw still in place. So Edmonton's a bit of an anomaly where it's still required uh, to wear a mask well for the next few hours maybe because the provincial government's making changes to the Municipal Governance Act and this is really uh, upsetting a lot of municipal politicians, quite frankly, and I don't know if upsetting is a strong enough word. I got called out yesterday on social media. People said I wasn't using strong enough language to characterize what the premier and what the province is doing here, but I asked you yesterday, as of today, March 1st, virtually all COVID restrictions lifted in the province of Alberta. Will you continue to wear a mask in public? This is an unscientific, unofficial Twitter poll. 7,190 of you took part. I appreciate that. Of that, 64%, about two out of three, said yes. You'll continue to wear a mask in public Uh, 21% of you said it depends on the situation that's me I'm one of the 21% and 15% of you said no so this was Alberta's premier yesterday announcing and, and, and he didn't necessarily specifically directly talk about Edmonton and Edmonton's mayor, Amarjeet Sohi. But there are hand grenades lobbed at council, as you'll hear. This was Alberta's premier yesterday announcing that the province is going to step in and, and, and take away the powers of municipalities to impose these health restricted bylaws. After two years of this, uh, I think the, the broad public rightfully expects consistency and clarity. And this removes the issue from a a, a potential kind of a, a political virtue signaling exercise by municipal counselors when this is not a matter properly within their jurisdiction. We fully respect provincial jurisdiction. So that's Alberta's premier yesterday. All right. Now. Let's wind the tape back because this is this is relevant and we don't actually have to go back too far. As a matter of fact, I want to present to you, Jason Kenney, in his own words on July 22nd of 2021, on July 22nd, just this past summer. This was like, you know, seven months ago. Here he is.
4: Hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, I'm curious. Uh, Premier, we saw Calgary pass a mask mandate yesterday. I'm wondering what you think of that, and as you keep encouraging people to wear masks, but not mandate it, why
3: you, why the split there?
0: Well, we've said we'll respect a decision of
1: municipalities uh, in that regard. We think these decisions are better taken locally. This is a huge and diverse province. The challenges that uh, a very dense city might might face on crowded buses is couldn't be more different than a remote rural municipality
0: um, where there are no active cases. So we think a uh, one-size-fits-all approach for a huge, vast, diverse province like this uh, doesn't make sense. (laughs) So, you know... (laughs) Floppity flip flop there from Alberta's premier. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense for municipalities to call the shots. And, the you know, of course, it makes perfect sense for municipalities to call the shots. It's either completely inappropriate for us to be involved or it's totally appropriate for us to be involved. Whatever serves the purpose, I suppose, of Alberta's premier do I personally think that Edmonton should have a mask bylaw in place? I'm not sure. I mean, like I told you, if I was voting on my own Twitter poll and I don't vote on my own Twitter poll, can you vote on your own Twitter poll? I think you must be able to. I don't on principle. It feels weird. Uh, But uh, I would have voted for depends on the circumstance, wearing a mask out in public. And I've kind of been that way already. I pick up my kid at school and uh, some of the parents outside on the playground wear a mask. That's great. Good for them. They're welcome to. I typically don't. Other times I'll wear a mask when I feel like wearing a mask or if I feel like I'm going to be closer to people or if it makes me feel more comfortable or if it makes somebody else feel more comfortable. So that's kind of where I land on this. That's where I think most people land on this. Uh, whatever your decision, it's fine. We'll continue to have these conversations. But those polls are always interesting. Uh, that was Carrie Tate, by the way, that was asking that question uh, of Alberta's premier, Jason Kenney. That was uh, back in July. So. Alberta municipalities had something to say about this, right? This is the cities. And uh, President Kathy Heron, she's the mayor of St. Albert, you've seen her on this show before, tweeted out earlier today, Premier Jason Kenney announced his government plans to amend the Municipal Governance Act so that local governments cannot create public health bylaws. He indicated that he intends to complete these amendments ASAP. You know how governments, majority governments work when they want to ram through legislation. It is rammed through. So expect that to happen quickly, right, well before Edmonton City Council, for example, was expected to review this on the 8th of March. They probably won't get to that date. Mayor Heron's statement, President Heron with Alberta Municipalities went on to say, it is an unfortunate turn of events. The government of Alberta's intended course of action amending the MGA was never discussed with us. Sound familiar? No conversation, no consultation, no collaboration occurred between the provincial government and Alberta municipalities on this important issue. So that's a strained relationship. It might be a broken relationship. That's been a fucked up relationship for a long time, quite frankly. If you talk to anybody in the know, it's not a healthy relationship, the province and the municipalities. And this one, this move, I think makes it even worse. So that rot will spread. Is there somebody, a minister of municipal affairs, perhaps that could fix that, that could write that ship? I'm not sure I have that confidence. Oh, yeah, and in case you missed it, on Friday, right around 3.15 Mountain Time, so happy hour out east, Alberta's premier announced a cabinet shuffle, and it's a significant one. Um, after releasing the findings of a report into the actions of former Justice Minister Casey Madhu, this is a report by former QB judge, Court of Queens bench judge Adele Kent, you remember this? The minister gets a speeding ticket. He gets pulled over by police. It was as a matter of fact, it was a ticket for being on his phone, and then he called the chief, and he said, and I've been clear on this before in case this is taken out of context, I'm not suggesting that people of color being profiled or pulled over by police or carded is not an issue. It is. But the minister thought that it was the appropriate course of action to just dial up the chief of police directly, Dale McPhee, and talk to him. McPhee does what a chief would do in that circumstance, immediately tell other people in the department, put it on record, the call. Because he probably had a gut instinct it was going to come up, which it did by way of a leak and an information request. Great reporting by uh, the CBC on that story. So Matt, who's out in justice? Well, who's in? Former health minister Tyler Shandro, right? You go, well, hang on a second. Isn't Tyler Shandro right now awaiting a disciplinary hearing before a law society conduct committee? You would be Right. And so Alberta's new justice minister is under investigation right now by the Law Society, the Conduct Committee, and the former justice minister booted out and moved into Tyler Shandro's former post as minister of labor and immigration. Alberta, baby. We're going to talk Ukraine in just a second. Let me tell you about our friends at Sherwood and St. Albert Dodge. I was just out at the dealership the other day. The customer service is second to none. I love it when I walk in and not ever. I don't walk in and get all the special treatment all the time because people know we're working together every once in a while. It's like it's like a lot attendant, right? Or a receptionist or, or somebody that's passing through and throws on the brakes on that tile floor and says, how can I help you? Have you been helped? Can I look after you? Sometimes I'm in there just to make sure I get my oil changed properly or I need to get my tires rotated or maybe I have a question trying to figure out the Bluetooth or something like that. There's always somebody that'll drop everything to help me figure out what I need to figure out. And that's why our family, I mean, we bought our first vehicle at Sherwood Dodge, what's the math, 13 years ago. That's a long-standing relationship. It's where we spend our money. You can find them under the sponsors tab, Sherwood and St. Albert Dodge at RyanJesperson.com. How many of you were at Friesen Brothers yesterday at one of their 16 Alberta locations? It's 15% off the first of the month. I've been telling you that, trying to remind you that. That means that our family did our big shop yesterday. It also means that we swing by their fresh kitchen at the end on our way out and pick up dinner. So I know that on the first of every month, I'm going to have a braised beef short rib with whipped mashed potatoes or warm potato salad and roasted root vegetables unbelievable stuff Sam I crushed about a third of a jar of horseradish yesterday a boy. Yeah, yeah yeah that braised beef short rib why it's like what's the white stuff I was like well I'm like try a tiny little bit he tries horseradish for the first time I'm not sure if he'll be wakes, back wakes yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like he goes ooh I was like yeah there you go
1: kiddo that's horseradish you ever dipped a chip in a bowl of horseradish thinking it was hummus oh
0: not, not a smart move don't it, do it was it at a party in front of a whole bunch of people oh yeah yeah <laughs> My buddy thought, "What's that green ice? Uh, spimento? What's no? What's the green ice? like? Not like a pistachio type ice cream? Anyway, oh, yeah, buddy of mine at a party did that with wasabi. He thought it was like an amuse bouche, and he oh. just took down the whole thing. And it was—he's six foot six, which made it even funnier to watch. I think that they sell wasabi and pistachio ice cream, and I know they sell horseradish at Friesen Brothers. Everything else you've needed for more than sixty-five years, Alberta-grown and Alberta-owned at Friesen.com." All right, well, I mean, the eyes of the world are on Ukraine, obviously. Uh, Casualties now reported more than 2,000 Ukrainian civilians, hundreds of structures destroyed. We received reports this morning a Holocaust memorial was just bombed by the Russians. Other targets have included hospitals, kindergartens, homes. Ukraine's emergency service reporting this. Meantime, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, says that nearly 6,000 Russians have been killed through the first six days of Moscow's invasion. This mass exodus out of Ukraine, so far it's estimated close to 700,000 people have fled that country into neighboring countries. Uh, Keeping an eye on all of this, uh, for a number of different reasons, our panelists joining us this morning, uh, Yuri Klufas is the president of the Ukrainian National Federation, an organization committed to promoting Ukrainian cultural life in canada through education the arts and sport and Arisia boychuk is the head of the alberta branch of the ukrainian canadian congress it's a canada-wide organization focused on bringing together canada's ukrainian community a good morning to you both Arisia. am i pronouncing your name correctly i want to make sure
4: Arisia. Arisia.
0: Okay, perfect. Yes. Well, well, a warm welcome to both of you. Obviously the circumstances are brutal. Uh, we want to establish the context here, your perspective, or is this something that, that you personally, uh, are, are, I mean, are, do you have family members over there? Is, are you in regular contact with people that are, that are, that are facing this head on?
4: Sure. Um, uh, definitely have personal contacts. My husband, um, is from Ukraine and has immediate family living in Ukraine. Um, And I have cousins and aunts that are in Ukraine right now. I spoke to this morning, I just spoke to my cousin who has a son who's 22 years old and he is a pilot in the army. She's very concerned. Um, Every day she she tries to reach out to her son to connect and make sure that um, he's still alive and that he's okay. So it's very heart-wrenching. We're all very devastated. It's, it's extremely, extremely emotional and heartbreaking for us in our community. Oh,
0: th- thank you for sharing that. I can't imagine. Uh, Yuri, are you in a similar circumstance? Uh, close friends, family oh, members in Ukraine uh, right now?
5: Uh, absolutely. Uh, sort of luckily, our family is situated in the western part of Ukraine, uh, in Lviv. Uh, but uh, there's a different situation there because uh, a lot of immigrants, a lot of refugees moving towards that part of the country and, uh, and, and different, different type of support is needed. Uh, but uh, I, I've, asked, um, I've asked my family, because uh, we have relatives also in Chicago, they said they want to help help move them out, come out to Poland, we'll, we'll come and pick you up. They said, no, we're sticking around, we're going to fight this.
4: Yeah, that's exactly the same um, with my family there. They're staying to the end and we, you know, we offered uh, support and and any assistance if they needed to cross the border to get to the border once they got to the border and the ones that are there are left behind and uh, want to fight it out just as Yudi has, has said. Um, they're so dedicated, they're fierce, they're committed, um, it were, it's just they're committed to their country and they're real warriors and um, my my family's also in the west and they were saying that there was bombing overnight uh in northern uh Lviv, just north of Lviv, in brode there was bombings and in kolomia western ukraine uh my family had to go into shelter um hiding because of bombs targets are being placed all over the place all over the country uh, families saying that there are markers, uh, n- nuclear missile markers, being placed everywhere, um, all over the country. Um, big, huge X's um, being placed, and they they just can't believe it.
0: I don't even know how to process that, quite frankly. Uh, the stakes are so high right now, and the eyes of the world. Uh, I I keep saying this because I I'm looking around me, and what I'm seeing is people just marveling at the people in this country and the way that they're wired. And I will acknowledge that not everybody there, not every male 18 to 60 uh, is choosing to be there. And that's certainly a conversation that needs to be had. Uh, sure, provides some perspective on what freedom looks like, doesn't it? After Ottawa was occupied, I won't drag you two into that, but I wanted to fit that in there. What a perspective check. Um, but there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians that are saying, we're not going anywhere. I mean, that that, that now famous, this quote by, by Zelensky says, I, I need ammunition. I don't need a ride out of here. He doesn't need to be evacuated by the United States. Yudi, tell me, tell me about these people. Tell me what this says about Ukraine.
5: Well, uh, it, the, the most important thing, and this is what uh, you mentioned, uh, President Zelensky, uh, the way he's turned uh, from the Security Council meeting in Munich to now, and how he's taken leadership of the situation, and how He's rallied the whole country around himself. Uh, we we all acknowledge that it's the army, uh, the Ukrainian army that has been be rebuilt, uh, that has focused uh, is the focus of this war. But it's Mr. Zelensky that has galvanized everybody together. Uh, in, in a sense, we in, in a sense, it's like Putin has uh, has taken to a boil our Kozak roots and Zelensky has definitely pointed that in the right direction uh, we see civilians confronting the military we see civilians standing in front of tanks we see uh, seniors approaching the military and protesting that uh, we see pictures of 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 civilians in Dnipro which is right on the border of where all the all the war has been since uh since uh, 2014, uh, putting together Molotov cocktails. So the, the whole country is there and and nobody's giving up and uh, uh, and and it's all, I would say in a you know in a figurative sense and in a real sense, it's all, Thanks to Mr. President Zelensky.
0: Well, a, a remarkable leader uh, in a time of great crisis. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, the the social media capabilities today of people being able to share video and share information. I saw an absolutely heartbreaking video yesterday—a cold-blooded killing of, of of well-known Ukrainian dog trainer uh, and his dogs, which is infuriating and tragic and heartbreaking. And then I see this video. The very next thing I see are dozens of Ukrainian people, unarmed, at least r- appearing to be unarmed, standing. In front of a Russian military military convoy, like you know, like I just can't even imagine the, the the adrenaline and the courage and the terror and all of the emotions, the fierce pride and the resolve they must be feeling as well. You have billions of people around the world, including millions of Canadians, say, that want to know. What can we do? Why don't we begin? Uh, I want to ask both of you for your characterization of uh, the position that Canada has taken here, the steps, the announcements the Prime Minister has made, the shipment of some military resources and, and those commitments. In your mind, uh, to this point, is this an appropriate or sufficient commitment from Canada and the rest of the international community?
4: We need more. We need more. There's not enough. And every day, every every day there's something that is coming forward. I just received... A message um, on my phone right now, <clears throat> pleading that uh, there is a Russian oligarch that has a huge Anato- um, Antonov, Antonov one twenty four aircraft leaving Canada, carrying supplies for Russia in the war, and there's urgency because they are trying to sneak the aircraft out of Canada right now, and there is a hundred million. It's a Hundred dollar aircraft that they want to put um, the ukrainian ambassador in ottawa in touch we want to get the everybody in touch to prevent this from happening so there is the the work that is done from hour to hour the work is not done canada has done a great job so far we're we're pleased with the with uh the actions some of the actions that have been taken but we need more Um, we are in a very terrible situation and needs to be monitored regularly and we need to continue to step up. Um, yeah, this is, this is a hot off the press. Lead that we're we're looking at
0: right now. Okay, well, I mean that's 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 one example, and and uh, I mean I'm, I feel like our team is going to start moving on that right now, and I would imagine other people will as well. I mean that's interesting, but this is like how quickly information happens, and this is the type of stuff that I mean I heard that uh, what is it reported the other day that Vladimir Putin had his his hundred million dollar yacht sailed from Germany back to Russia just a couple of days ago. Is these these oligarchs and obviously the Russian president in an attempt to preserve their personal wealth, their personal slush fund here? Yudi, I want to ask you the same question. Uh, your assessment of Canada's commitment to this point, the international community's commitment to this point. Obviously, there's there's some factors at play here. Ukraine not a NATO member, not a member of the EU. Uh, I know that Zelensky has pleaded to get them in there as quickly as possible. Mixed reviews on whether or not that'll happen. But what's your assessment?
5: Well, i I think I think the situation is changing drastically, and I think the international community has to understand. And I think it slowly has, but still slowly, like Orisha is saying. We have a sick but a very powerful man uh, creating this situation. Uh, his own army doesn't have instructions and uh, he is not aware of the total picture. It's it's clear that the Ukrainians are not going to accept this army in Ukraine. So, so what does Putin do? He starts bombing civilian targets. Uh, I'm concerned... Uh, one of the first things that uh, uh, the russian army got because it's close to the border is the chernobyl power plant the chernobyl power plant uh, 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 a nuclear facility in the hands of of russian army that doesn't know what it's doing i think that's a world uh, that's a world issue that's a global issue it's not it, it, it's not going to be helped by by helping from afar it's going to be helped by uh, by ostracizing Putin immediately and completely. The no-fly zone that's still not imposed on Ukraine is is, is tantamount to allowing these atrocities to happen.
0: Let me ask you, uh, Orisia. So, there's obviously we talk about this mass exodus out of Ukraine, and we can see. I mean, there's there's uh, you know, I mean, uh, certainly a, a, a very significant flow huh, of people into Poland. Uh, But we also see other neighboring countries, uh, Moldova and others uh, nearby, people getting out wherever they can. Obviously, Romania and Hungary and Slovakia. Uh, And ultimately, the reality is, is that there quite likely will be millions of Ukrainian refugees in the months to come. So agencies like yours, I'm sure are preparing for that or have been prepared for that for quite some time. And the average Canadian is going to wonder what does Canada's commitment need to look like and potentially even what can we do? So let's have that conversation.
4: Yeah. So well, just starting off right now, I just wanted to let you know that we're in the process of flying a plane um, to, from Edmonton to Poland uh, with a uh, cargo of medical supplies and uh, of items, emergency response items. Uh, We're hoping that it will go out shortly. Um, It will, we're looking at the possibility of bringing back our first load of of, uh, people from Ukraine that are at the border of Poland. Um, So that's just um, evolving as we speak. So every minute things are changing. Um, Our community has just advocated and sent a letter to the government of Alberta. We are requesting funds to help us set up the structure, the infrastructure, to be able to manage uh, this whole crisis that we are in. Um, it is we're working building ground up, and um, you know we have not had refugees in Alberta um, since for 30 years, and so we are going to be working with our community partners um, to help support us. And Do you, you mean
0: that your agency going. has not worked with refugees in Alberta for 30 years? Is that what you mean?
4: That's right. Yeah. That's right.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's been, I mean, you know, people are, can't help but compare this to, to you know, Syrian refugees arriving in Canada and the like, and, and I think that the average Canadian can understand when there's a crisis, but we don't necessarily know what can we do about it. People feel compelled mm-hmm. to help in some circumstances. We saw families or church groups or community agencies banding together to support families coming over. Um, Yuri, is that type of infrastructure in place with, with your group, or how, how are you gleaning support, and, and what can people do from, from your organization's perspective?
5: Well, our, our organization is part of the uh, is, is part of the umbrella, Ukrainian Canadian Congress. And uh, uh, the Ukrainian Canadian Congress has been working together with government uh, trying to foresee uh, what all these potential uh, human uh, humanitarian n- needs will be. Uh, at a meeting of the Congress, there was a presentation by uh, Canada's Federal Minister uh, Fraser who specifically outlined the planning that has been going on behind the scenes by the Canadian government spurned on by us and uh, you know guided by us in terms of where the needs will be uh, to create exactly uh, the type of situation as we had with the syrians where we were able to help uh, people in strife uh, and and uh, you know in addition to to that there are all these efforts uh, across the country that oresa had mentioned and, and what you had shown in your map, uh, all, all the countries neighboring Ukraine have been f- helpful so much in terms of opening borders and making sure uh, that these refugees are coming through. Even one of the Polish ministers were saying, well, you know, bring your document, bring bring your passport. Well, if you don't have one, bring an internal one. You know what, if you don't have documents, come anyway. Like, so, so there, there there is is, is a, a 100% understanding Uh, of the nations around of Canada and of the people of Canada and the government of Canada of the humanitarian aspect of it. And, And we hope that there's enough help to 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 go around to help everybody at this point.
0: Before I thank the two of you for your time, I know your phones are going off right now and obviously there's a lot of stuff that you're trying to keep an eye on and organize. Uh, Isabel's watching us live on YouTube. She says for starters, I'd like information on how to host a refugee family in my home. Isabel goes on to say there's no future that looks good for Putin. Even if he takes Ukraine, he's he's truly screwed himself. Uh, American President Joe Biden yesterday says in his State of the Union address that Vladimir Putin badly miscalculated uh, by invading Ukraine. And when the most powerful person on planet Earth says that somebody's made a bad miscalculation, future probably doesn't look too bright for that person. L- let me ask you uh, for your thoughts on the aggressor here before we sign off. You are to you first. Uh,
5: well, fr- first of all, we definitely we have a miscalculated situation here uh, he thought it was a blitzkrieg he thought it was going to be uh, you know a few hours affair uh, the the and and here my heart goes out to those poor russian soldiers 18 year old 19 year old have no idea where they're going why they're going uh, and and being slaughtered among those 5000 that are currently uh, uh, the the victims of this war right now so he has badly miscalculated he is into a, back in a corner but he's still flying those planes all over ukraine bombing the whole country from from from, from different sides and he it's you you mentioned yourself the holocaust monument the opera building in odessa what, what do those what do those sites have to do with a war absolutely nothing so putin has lost it Uh, But he's still doing his thing. And I think the international community, uh, NATO, everybody, we have to go in and stop this man, not because of a war on Ukraine, but because of the atrocities that he's committing against the human race. And uh, he's not going to stop at Ukraine.
0: Well said. Orisa, last word to you, my friend.
5: There are no words. It is completely
4: incomprehensible what is going on, and the world is watching. Justice will be served at the end. We're just grateful for our warriors in Ukraine uh, for standing strong, and we are with Ukraine, our brothers and sisters. If anybody wants any information, Alberta stands with Ukraine.ca. To go to the website, there's opportunity, we'll be setting up very shortly. Uh, an opportunity for people to support refugees that will be coming in. Um, there's an opportunity to donate for Canada Ukraine Foundation. There's information you can be kept up to date with information that is going on about Ukraine. So Alberta stands with ukraine.ca. Uh, check us out. stay in touch, watch our Facebook. We'll have a rally this weekend. Uh, join us in solidarity for Ukraine.
0: Thank you both for being here. I know that this is an extremely busy and troubling and stressful time for you and the people that you work with. That's Orisa Boychek with Ukrainian-Canadian Congress and Yuri Klufas, Ukrainian National Federation, uh, joining us from Edmonton and Ottawa, respectively. Really appreciate that. We're going to get to uh, other news of the day coming up in just a moment. Uh, Producer Sarah Hoyles, of course, keeping an eye on developing stories. Uh, We've got some provincial political things happening in our neck of the woods in Alberta. Of course, I promised you we're going to get to a couple of emails uh, from folks who took in Our roundtable conversation, our panel discussion on policing and mental health. Not the first one, not the first roundtable that we had uh, talking about initiatives in Toronto and Red Deer and Edmonton, Calgary, other cities where mental health counselors and crisis intervention workers and people trained in de-escalation are being sent sometimes with police or instead of police on 911 calls. But our roundtable just the other day following the shooting of lat Tool down in Calgary by police. Uh, it was a mental health call. Uh, Mr. Tool, uh, living with PS- PTSD and other um, obviously tragic realities, the result of uh, his life before coming to Canada after being recruited as a child soldier. And if you missed that roundtable, you have to check it out. There's always a different perspective. As this show, you can count on us to ensure that those perspectives are represented if they're respectable. And in this case, they are. And I want to get to those emails uh, later today. Captain Kobe, uh, the internet phenom. I don't know how he'll feel about being called that. Coming up in just a second. Let me remind you, if, if you're feeling like this is a perfect time, you know, be- before the spring flowers start coming up, the daffodils and the tulips, maybe a time to reinvent yourself. Maybe a time to start fresh, a new career, a new calling. Might be time for you to check out Athabasca. You. Ca. It's Canada's online university, which means you can attend from absolutely anywhere. But this isn't this isn't some college nobody's heard of that you're gonna get a diploma that nobody respects. This is a world-class accredited university, online programs and courses that offer you the flexibility to learn at your own pace. The best part about it, you know, you can take a week off you need to. You can pour yourself into it if you want to. You know, maybe you need to take some time for yourself, some personal time. Maybe there's a health challenge. Maybe you come down with COVID. You got to press pause. You're not falling behind. There's no stress there. You're working on your own pace. And at the end of it, you've got a degree or certification from one of Canada's most respected institutions, including on the research front. I really focus on that. Check out their research link on their website, athabascau.ca. We've been proud to welcome Infinity Healthcare to the Real Talk sponsors roster this week. And uh, I was talking to their team in the weeks leading up to this. I said, what's the number one thing you want people to realize early on when they start hearing about Infinity Healthcare? And they said, well, we know the minute that you say private healthcare, some people are going to tense up. They don't like it. They're going to feel like it's something that's just for wealthy folks or or stuff for folks that sort of have that silver spoon. I said, that's not the case. They said, we're working with people, low-income families, middle-income families. That's the majority of the people that they're working with. Maybe you've been receiving home care from AHS and you're not satisfied with it. Maybe there's a language barrier. Maybe there are other factors at play. Infinity will work with you to get that funding to cover Your private health care. You can check them out under the sponsors tab at RyanJesperson.com. And a shout out to our friends at Local Environmental Services. It was great to see them sponsoring uh, by proxy this morning with all of their other group of companies. That mental health breakfast. So proud to be partners with the team at Local Environmental Services. You can request a quote today in Alberta or Saskatchewan on their website, localenvironmental.ca. Maybe you need a big roll-off bin. Maybe you need landfill services or recycling management, water hauling, vacuum trucks, fencing, portable toilets. Maybe you're putting on a music festival. Check out localenvironmental.ca. And don't forget, Trash Talk coming up on Friday, presented by them. Send us your gripes, your rants to talk at ryanjesperson.com. All right, well, speaking of rants, this next guy has turned him into an art form. uh, Seemingly out of nowhere, operating under the handle Captain Kobe. He's been posting on TikTok where he's got nearly a quarter million followers and putting those videos up on Twitter to 30,000 followers, seemingly out of thin air. So who is Captain Kobe? What makes him tick? And what's his plan moving forward? For a little context, here's in my mind, the video that made him famous.
6: See, here's the common misconception is not one Canadian in this entire fucking country has lost a freedom. You've lost privileges and you've lost privileges because you had the freedom to make a choice. You chose not to get a vaccine. Now you deal with consequences. If y'all can't keep up, pull up a fucking dictionary. You know what? Not one Canadian has lost a freedom. I can go walk in the woods, I can pick up sticks, I can throw rocks in a lake if I want, but I have privileges now because I got a vaccine. And that privileges entitle me to have a job, go shopping, jump on a fucking airplane and go to a different country. See, you all keep getting this shit confused. And Canada, and 99% of us, didn't ask for a bunch of fucking wannabe heroes with GEDs and Class 1s to fight for our goddamn freedoms. So if anyone in the comments would like to write a freedom that they lost, I'd love to read it so I can laugh at the absolute epic bullshit you're going to try to come up with.
0: Captain Kobe, welcome to Real Talk. It's, it's good to have you here. Good morning.
6: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was, that, that was, that was sort of like when Renee Zellweger looks at Tom Cruise and says, you had me at hello. Uh, you're, you're, uh, what was it? A bunch of cowboys with GEDs and class ones fighting for class our freedoms. Ones. That was where I went. I think this guy's on to something.
6: <laughs> you know what? And, uh, from those comments, no one still told me a freedom they've lost yet. So, I mean, that's, that was kind of the point of that whole video is, uh, you know what? We had to. We all had to make some small sacrifices uh, at the time during a global pandemic, which is still raging. Um, but we haven't lost any freedoms. So that was my whole point of that video.
0: Was that the video that that really caught on for you? That was the one that that was the first time I saw you, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" And I went to follow you on social media, and I saw you've already got about thirty thousand on Twitter, which took me about ten years, and you've got a quarter million on TikTok, and you're like, I mean this respectfully, but like,
6: who the hell are you? That's a great question. You know what? I I, I still don't know who I am. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, know you might what? be redefining I, it, actually. I, I pay, and More and more every day. You know what? The funny thing was, I started on TikTok about two years ago. I think when the pandemic hit, like most people, we all kind of hunkered down. And as a single dad, I do have two little daughters. And they saw this TikTok thing on some YouTube kids show. And they're like, Dad, we want to do some silly dances. And I said, all right, we'll download this thing. We'll give it a whirl. And then I realized I started watching videos. And you know, everyone does the little trending videos and has a good time with it. And the more and more I kept getting more and more followers. And it became it, it was really fun. And, and it's a huge community. And you meet so many amazing people on that site. And then uh the way the world's been shifting recently, I decided, you know, I'm not gonna just sit back and do these corny little dance videos. I'm gonna start speaking my mind hmm. and we'll see where it leads. And and here we are, which is it's absolutely crazy. But there's
0: there's a lot of people that are doing what you're doing. In other words, like setting up a TikTok account and saying what they have to say about the world. And for all intents and purposes, you know, most people will have their friends are following them and they get a bit of a reach. And every once in a while, they'll, they'll just sort of capture that lightning and one of their videos will go nuts and, and, and really start trending. But you've built this following where people are now saying, like, I want to know what Captain Kobe has to say about this. When did you know that that was becoming a thing? When did that tide start to turn?
6: Uh, it was probably a few months ago when I started releasing the videos, um, I, I started getting messages from a lot of people across Canada and even some of the United States which blew my mind saying, you know, we appreciate what you're saying. We wish we could say what you're saying. A lot of people are afraid that, you know, the repercussions of what they're saying online. Uh, I do know people who've lost their jobs from voicing their concerns and opinions online and a lot of people are just afraid of the backlash and the trolls and all that stuff online. And I'm, I'm just one of those people that I'm going to, I shoot from the hip. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And you know, it's, it's the hill I'm going to die on. I refuse to be censored. I'm going to speak my mind and my opinion about every single topic. And you know what? A lot of people agree with it. There are a lot of people that don't agree with it, but That's life, and I'm 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 enjoying this ride for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you have pissed off some people, uh, to be sure. Some some people are pissed off at me that I'm that I'm having you on the show, and you know they've reached out to me and they've they've called you some nasty names, and they say that you've called them some nasty names. Uh, do you have a hard time taking criticism? Is that something you're having to get used to?
6: Uh, you know what? Yeah, it's definitely a learning curve. Um, you know, on TikTok itself, it's it's everyone's it's more of a friendly environment, and you have an easier time blocking the haters and the trolls and things like that but i find on twitter i mean twitter is everybody has an opinion and everyone's gonna fire it at you um i have said some comments uh i did call a group of people uh something i should not have said i did do a survey on it um so to those people that i did offend i I do apologize i uh it wasn't it wasn't like i was out for you or anything like that um but yeah you know what i'm trying i'm trying to make content that does. it does stir a bit of a controversy ryan like i i speak my mind and it it does divide people in a way but uh, it is what it is i mean you can't please everybody right and to those trolls out there i mean i think everyone tonight should snuggle up in bed put on bambi and just remember if you don't have anything nice to say don't say nothing at all you know just just everyone it's not hard to swipe past content you don't care about Hmm. i mean it's very easy just to you know if you don't like it scroll past it uh it's frustrating but I'm 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 learning how to deal with the trolls. I'm sure you've had to deal with it as well. So. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, and I mean there's people that that have come at me and had very valid points. Um, yeah. and, and there's people that have come at me in my assessment that have had invalid points and at some point you've got to draw your line. Uh, I think yeah. that you, you you have to say here's what matters to me. Here's what integrity looks like to me. Here's what my, my yeah. ethics look like and I've got to operate within those always want to be teachable always want to be open to learn and at the same time every once in a while I'll say fuck that. Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. And, and exactly. kind of dig in my heels and push back. And I don't know that there's a right formula. Um, you know, what I think is interesting with you, a, a lot of people have reached out to me, like leading up to this interview, uh, people, even people close to me have said, I feel like he speaks for me. Like, I feel like he's saying the things that I want to say. Um, Sam, why don't we tee up that second video? Kobe, this is, this was like a few weeks. The one that I said made you famous. Maybe you take issue with that. I know that there have been a lot, no, no. but that was the one that kind of caught fire where you're like, oh, the GEDs and the class ones or whatever. Yeah. You said, you said, name me one freedom you've lost. And then I guess you started keeping a list and you followed up with this.
6: What's up, everybody? Two weeks ago, I hit you all the challenge. I said, somebody out there on the internet world, please tell me just one goddamn freedom you've lost during this pandemic. So what I did is I went through all the comments. I went through the DMs. I've ripped through Twitter. And tonight I've compiled a list to share with you of all the reasonable answers I've been given on all the freedoms that everyone's lost during the global pandemic. Oh, wait a second. Oh. That's right, because it's fucking empty. You lost privileges. (laughs) Eating a restaurant, privilege. Flying, privilege. Movie, privilege. Music events, privilege privilege. But now I can't go see my son play hockey. Just kind of makes you a shitty parent. But also sports is a fucking privilege. You know what the crazy part is? Is now I'm seeing people compare Canada to a communist country. Or Justin Trudeau as a dictator. What I highly suggest you fuckers do is head down to a library. And if you don't know what those are, giant buildings, bunch of books inside. And if you get really confused when you're in there, grab a book and open it up. Start on the left, work your way to the right. You'll fucking figure it out. You know what? I highly suggest you look into China. Check out that as a communist country. Also let's go to the ussr back in like the 80s early 90s just to let you know the ussr wasn't really a giant fan of a bunch of fucking dudes hanging out in a hot tub on the street y'all wouldn't have lasted 10 minutes also if you really want to you can hop on a plane and head up to north korea come back let us know about your trip you fuckers are trying so hard to be oppressed oh we're so hard done by over here in canada i highly suggest that i mean this from the bottom of my heart Go talk to somebody who's lived in one of those places and came to Canada with their families for a better fucking life. I really truly think it's going to open up your goddamn eyes to how fucking blessed you truly are to live here in fucking canon.
0: Captain Kobe, everybody. Did you write these things out ahead of time? You have your, like, two little girls with their earmuffs <laughs> on? For all the, are, are they reading cue Are they shuffling cue cards for you?
6: Yeah, yeah. I got I got my little six-year-old standing there, got the signs going upside down and backwards. No, no, no. I do these uh, definitely when the kids go to bed. I, uh, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, my my online persona, I do swear a lot, and I, I have a good time with it. I find it riles people up a little more and gets them into the videos. But uh, at home, I mean, r- regardless, my swear jar is pretty tough. Up, yeah. The kids' university fund is definitely good to go. Okay, so what um, do you what do
0: you mean? Your online persona is that like what's Kobe like around the campfire?
6: Oh, it's uh, I still rant and rave, but I'm a, I'm genuinely a pretty calm guy. Like, mm. I, I'm usually fun, I, I try to be fun, I joke around a lot. Uh, I, I try to keep everything light spirited, but with uh, with the online stuff, I mean, it is me still, but it's it's uh. I'm more vocal about my opinions. So as you know, sometimes you got to feel the crowd out. If you're sitting around a fire with a bunch of people who uh, don't really like to stir up controversy, you just sit there, enjoy your beer, and be quiet. Sure, so nothing wrong with
0: that either. You know, you, wrong with you that. can talk about the gritty stuff too. Uh, I yeah. said earlier in the show one of the reasons why I think that your messages—I mean, there's a lot to it—but um, one of the reasons I think your, your persona has spread and become popular across the country right now is because you're taking big swipes at the truckers and you. Look like one of them, Kobe. And you're recording <laughs> the messages from the cab of maybe as your pickup and, and 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 one of the things that I don't personally prefer about being in the public eye, and I already see you dealing with it is people trying to pin you down on the political spectrum, right? You're either going to be an apologist for the Prime minister or people were upset when they found out that, in fact, you were a conservative wolf in sheep's clothing. Oh, do you how, how, how do you identify there, and how do you feel about talking about it?
6: Well, that's why I put on my finest plaid shirt today. So we can confuse a lot of your followers thinking that I actually am a conservative supporter. I'm just trying to blend in, look bald head beard, (laughs) but, uh, you know what I, I you do get pinned down by it all the time people are like oh it's either you're you you're, you're a big lover of fancy socks in ottawa or you're a big conservative fan and there is a divide there's no happy medium anymore and uh i gotta clarify something as a guy i have driven truck before it used to be my job back in the day i love truckers they are the heart and soul of this community uh, and the world they are they're hard-working long hours away from home yep. dedicated people but the problem is is those people weren't the people that all hopped into their dodge caravans and their you know, their jacked up rigs and tried to literally bully Ottawa and push a government around. That's those are the people that I have no time or use for. So those yeah. that's they were the brunt of my uh my ripping into them but. let me ask you about
0: your GoFundMe this this has been the source of some of the controversy so it'll allow us it to touch been. on it and, and I want to ask you a question um, you know stories of our nation is your GoFundMe yeah. uh, you've yep. set a goal for ten thousand dollars you've raised about sixty eight hundred you want to ride your I motorcycle know. across Canada. you want to talk to people, learn their stories. Tell us about this project what how did it come about and and ultimately what do you see it looking like?
6: So the original the original story was, I was on a TikTok live one night. Uh, it was probably a month, month and a bit ago. And the protesters were all just heading, yeah, about a month, they're all heading out to Ottawa. Rah, 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 protesters. And I said, you know, if we're going to start a protest, I'm going to go to Ottawa and we're going to fight for something that every Canadian really hates. And that's paper straws. I said, we're going to try to, we're going to protest outside Ottawa until we get plastic straws back. And it started as a joke. And then uh, I started talking to more people. And I mean, growing up, I think we all used to watch the show on the road again. It was my, one of my favorite shows. I still watch the reruns of it all the time, uh, where he just went across Canada, talking to interesting people, musicians, authors, didn't matter the jobs. It was just such a neat show to experience. And I said, you know, I would love to, I would love to try to bring that back, you know, like try to, you know, small little town or out by Halifax, or you're heading down to Vancouver Island to talk to somebody down there. and gather the stories from these little communities and you know how every every little town across Canada is known for their little weekend event every town has this little celebration I'm, from, I'm originally from Trail BC we had Silver City days and, and it was the, the go-to thing back in the day and you can meet a whole lot of interesting people there and that and that was where the project started I was like it would be neat to you know, hit the road and let's, let's try to unite this country again. It is divided. And uh, so that's the whole point of it. Uh, The podcast is starting here. The mics finally showed up, Ryan. Uh, They were a little delayed with the Amazon with the supply chain issue. But uh, we're going to start the podcast here. We actually just picked up a few sponsors, which I'll be announcing uh, next week, which is definitely going to help out a lot. And, uh, yeah, no, the GoFundMe has definitely taken a hit. A lot of the controversy came around it because I did state in it, and I don't know if it maybe was read wrong. But I said I want to meet people all across this nation, small towns. I also want to meet Indigenous people and learn about their culture and history, too. What the backlash hit me was I'm a white guy. I should not be telling indigenous stories Mm -hmm. and that's 100 accurate but i never said i was telling the stories i'm just i'm just i'm like you with a podcast i mean you have doctors politicians you don't have to be a doctor you don't have to be a politician to talk to these people you know they're they're telling me their stories i've been invited by them already so i'm not telling any stories i'm just giving people a chance to tell their story we're gonna laugh we're gonna joke we're gonna rant we're gonna have a good time and, and that's all it is. And it's the, the it's to make people smile and highlight how amazing this country is. There's people from all over with different stories in this amazing country. And that is the goal of it. We're going to try to try to make everyone laugh and smile and unite this country once again, because it is horribly divided right now. Mm,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I, I love the idea of a cross. It sort of has like a Jack Kerouac kind of a vibe to it. You know, and uh, and and you'll learn some things along the way. Like you know, I don't know if you saw the SNL skit just this past weekend about the new Fisher Price set.
6: It's like the white guy the, the, podcast. The, the set. white guy podcast. Did you, yes. did you see that? So I don't know. Maybe, I was, maybe
0: maybe we can send you one of those in the mail to get you started. I,
6: that would be that would be hilarious. You know, I was tagged in that so many times. Yeah. Uh, you you, you got oh, that me from too. so many people. Oh like, yeah, me like, too. Like oh look another another yeah. uh, white man with a bald head and a beard starting a podcast. It seems to be the thing. But you know what? I have a voice. People tend to like listening to it. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I try to, you know, expand on this and and have a good time? You know, man, I'll tell you, you can
0: you can use your voice and you can use your platform in a way to honor and respect and uplift and support and empower people. And there are ways to do it. And if you do it sincerely, uh, and if you do it ethically and if you do it coming from the right place you will only see that audience continue to grow and strengthen and you've already I'm seeing it Kobe you know what's really interesting is like you and I um we kind of have like the, it's I feel like there's these these groups of of I don't want to you know followers whatever you call them it always sounds cult like when you say that but in the context know, of social yeah. media but but they're not there's not a, like a ton of overlap It's like these different groups meeting each other, and you'll find that there's a community vibe to it. And if you make a commitment, I mean, like you are, to tell these stories across the country, including stories of indigenous people in Canada with their blessing and their invitation, um, in a spirit of humility, I think that if more Canadians could do that, uh, producer Sarah and I are are, are wrestling with a story earlier today. I know it's just a difficult one quote uh, to my friend Elliot talking about it, just a punch to the gut. Every time that there's a, a revelation, a reminder, let me say, of of our uh, horrific history of residential schools, we realize that it, uh, reconciliation is a commitment that has to come from every single person. And every single person's commitment is going to look different. And I think it's absolutely amazing that, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully. Uh, I mean, it as a respectful comment, you've almost what you, what you do and how you do it, you know, making something look easy is the most difficult thing. And I've got a lot of respect for you, but, but you have been blessed. You've, you've, you've almost sort of not stumbled upon, but there's this community now of almost a quarter million people that are open to what you have to say, the stories that you're willing to shine a light on and the people that you're willing to support. And that is an opportunity that you cannot take for granted. I think it's amazing.
6: Thank you. Yeah. And you know what? I hope to keep building that community. And I, 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 at the end of the day, I I just, as weird as it sounds, not only do I want to make Canada happy and see this finished proge- project and they all enjoy it, but at the end of the day, I, I really, I have two little daughters and I want them to be able to grow up in a world where there, there is harmony and there is love and compassion. And that's what I'm trying to highlight. I'm trying to highlight that, you know, that Yes, the world seems like a big, scary place right now. But you know what? At the end of the day, we are all are humans. I hope we all come together as one. And like you were saying, with reconciliation there. I mean, that is a huge step that I, I do think the government really needs to take a lot more seriously. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it is every single person needs to step up. And uh, if we have the ability to make that happen, even a small percentage to make that happen, that's one step in the right direction. And that's, that's what means, means everything. I love
0: it. Well, look forward to seeing the podcast launch and, and I'd love to add you to the roundtable panels on the show and make you a recurring guest. I think your voice is one that people care a, a great deal about. I don't know that we've gotten to know you truly until I ask you just some rapid fire questions here um, contained in Alberta's budget news that we will uh, correct uh, the tax that we place on chewing tobacco to fall in line with Saskatchewan to ensure that Albertans aren't paying too much for their chew. Chew, yes or no?
6: i used to i don't do it anymore
0: (laughs) you're sitting around a campfire you're sitting around a campfire in the middle of the summer what's in your glass
6: oh alberta genuine draft all day long that a boy i love it the whole top rips off it's like the greatest Uh, design of right yeah they don't make them anymore they actually don't have the top offs but yeah they're still yeah they got rid of that that was about a year ago actually but yeah too too many yeah okay uh what do you drive a little shitty 2004 Honda Civic with one flat tire and an engine that's about to blow up. So, I mean, you know, it's going well. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> favorite band? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm, I like the relaxing stuff. I like the Bob Marley. I still listen mm-hmm. to Bob Marley all the time. Do you so, smoke we a lot of weed? I do not smoke marijuana. I used to back in my younger days, but uh, with my job and my profession, I oh, okay. don't uh, dive into it. Okay,
0: yeah. the, the, I can support that. I was going to ask you, how can you name Bob Marley as your favorite musician and not smoke weed ah, but that makes sense you're a responsible family guy that's got to keep his employment what's your favorite footwear what do you wear on your feet
6: oh crocs and socks all day long <laughs> like a true dad no that's barbecue attire no i'm uh i'm usually sandals in the summer but i'm um, usually got cowboy boots all day long that's no what I usually okay
0: wear. cowboy boots and your favorite place to travel
6: uh, ooh, uh, Bermuda. Bermuda was my favorite place to ever visit. So oh, it's beautiful been. down there. Right on. It's beautiful.
0: Captain Kobe, uh, A delight to welcome to the show. Thanks for sharing your morning with us, and I look forward to talking to you again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Ryan. Yeah, you got it, my man. That's Captain right. Kobe. Uh, you can join his two hundred twenty thousand followers on TikTok, thirty thousand followers on Twitter. I know it's not all about the followers, but it kind of is. Um, I know that a lot of people are resonating with his message. You can let me know what you think about that. Uh, if you absolutely hated that interview, you can let me know too. Talk at RyanJesperson.com. Like Kobe said, like I'll remind you the best part about all of this stuff, if you can't stand it, you don't have to check it out. That's the beauty of it. I want to get to a couple of emails in just a little bit, but first, may I remind you about the brand new burger menu with our friends at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Uh, they said in particular, they want me to remind you about the Stack Burger combos. Like these are the burgers that everybody's getting excited excited. excited about right now because i mean there's the old familiar ones you can go check them out and i mean you got to go see them you got to hold them in your hand you can get up to triple upgrades on this triple patties right for the flamethrower signature stacker the triple loaded steakhouse signature stack burger look at that onion rings bacon the perfect cheese and of course that beautiful dq beef that everybody always buzzes about you know dq has like the best beef and chicken in the whole game compared to all their competitors it's true I got this insight. Am I allowed to share this? Is this a trade secret? I don't know. I'm asking the wrong people because, of course, you guys are going to say I can share this information. They get the best part of the chicken. And then those other guys, the other big names that you recognize and the quick delivery, those guys get the left. DQ gets the prime. It's true, Sam. It's a true story. Well, I mean, you go to DQ, you get nice strips of chicken breast. Not some sort of pulp that's been pressed
1: into a... Nugget. Into whatever like that the, is. The, the
0: shape of Italy or something yeah. like that. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, back to the burgers, the mushroom cheeseburger and the bacon two cheese deluxe and all the rest. You'll find them at the Dairy Queen's in Palisades, the Mayo, Newcastle, Westmount, and Baseline Road. Also wanted to give a big shout out. We're going to mention these two back to back because it makes perfect financial sense. And this is something that I think that everybody can relate to. Our friends at Kubi Energy are providing solar energy solutions to power your life in Alberta and British Columbia. They're based out of Kamloops, based out of Edmonton. They're Tesla certified installers. are doing the cleanest solar installs you'll see see that's why they've got that bragging right that Edmonton Convention Center that you see on their home page what an unbelievable project that was <laughs> they do garden sheds too I mean they'll do it all and it comes with that guarantee an apprentice or journeyman guarantee that it's going to be installed right the first time by Kubi Energy and then there's Park Power They're working in partnership, these two groups, to make sure that if you have solar capabilities on your home and your system is providing excess power, you can sell it back. It's the solar buyback program at parkpower.ca. If you've made that investment in sustainable energy, why not double down by bringing your business to Park Power? The promo code 2022-REALTALK gets you $70 off your first bill. We're going to take you out to Jasper in just a moment, but I wanted to get to a couple of these emails. This uh, following, uh, we received these over the past couple of days uh, following our conversation. Uh, the the shooting uh, and the shooting death of uh, Latjor Tool down in Calgary, I know has a lot of people absolutely appalled. Uh, some people are furious, of course, a family heartbroken. And police officers uh, under, of course, ACERT investigation, unable to comment to this point, except for in some circumstances off the record, uh, or at least anonymously uh, to shows like this. These are two different perspectives that we wanted to share with you as part of the ongoing conversation about de-escalating mental health calls, in particular 911 calls that police respond to. And of course, you've heard on this show about initiatives that some cities are taking, including here in Alberta and Ontario as well. Felicia wrote in and said, well, I 100% agree with most of the discussion and even the comments that I saw following that roundtable, specifically about how we respond to mental health and how other services aside from police are likely more appropriate or even better equipped to deal with these types of situations. I do feel that maybe a couple points were lacking in that conversation, Uh, most notably for me, uh, the, the, the conversation around this man carrying two weapons. You know, somebody referred to this as a stick uh, which I suppose that it was, uh, but from what I saw, it, w- it was very large and it seemed pointed. Uh, this is a 100% a weapon. So let's not confuse that. Furthermore, I may be wrong, but I'm quite sure that police dogs are considered serving active members. They're like officers, basically, with their own badges. And an attack on a police dog, a police service dog, they'll call him a PSD, uh, is technically uh, considered an attack on an officer. I mean, it's treated that way with protections under the law, says Felicia. And so while I very much agree that cultural differences can play a part, Uh, There was very much a one-sided opinion that we should, as Canadians, you know, educate ourselves to, to better understand this culture does not value animals in the same way that others may do. This can and should be applied both ways. Our culture does value animal life as sentient beings, and all who live here should also be educated to that fact and should also know that police dogs are considered to be different. Essentially, like I said, as officers, I'm about educating to improve. But again, I feel that this commitment needs to go both ways. Uh, In the end, perhaps that part is a moot point. As somebody in mental health distress like this man is likely not able to deeply consider uh, the nuance between human and animal lives. He was fearful, and he likely felt that he was fighting for his own safety. I'm sure that none of this was a consideration for him. I wanted to raise the point I appreciate the show. That from Felicia, I appreciate that. We also got this from Anton. Anton says, I'm an inner-city police officer. Uh, these are my personal opinions, not those of the police service I represent. I heard your panel on the Calgary police shooting of Lat-Jortul, and I feel that some of that panel's assessment included unfair conjecture and oversimplification of complex issues. I recognize that Real Talk invited the Calgary police service to appear on the show, but with the ACERT investigation pending they're duty-bound to not comment. So that leaves the door open for folks to make unchallenged and in some cases unsupported or misinformed statements. To say that Mr. Tool was shot because he was a black man interacting with police is an oversimplification, says this officer, that is counterproductive and does nothing to improve police relations with racialized communities and address society's shortcomings when it comes to funding social and well-being supports. Mr. Tool was in mental health crisis which I can only speculate was the culmination of a lifetime of mental illness and trauma. It is as fair to blame officers who knew Mr. Tool for 15 minutes as it is to blame family, friends and the community at large who knew him for more than 15 years. I am not suggesting for a second that helping those with mental illness is easy. That's my point. I'm speaking from experience that it is extremely difficult and in some circumstances virtually impossible to have dialogue with someone in severe mental health crisis, particularly if there's a real risk of harm to yourself to complicate things further. And to put someone who is not equipped with adequate tools and training into that dangerous situation is unconscionable. Calgary police also cannot simply leave Mr. Tool to sit there unbothered. Imagine the uproar if police did nothing, and he subsequently harmed someone. I get the urge to play armchair quarterback, but I was not in that tense situation. I was not the one making the decision to possibly take a person's life after multiple less lethal measures failed or risk not coming home to my own family that day. I don't buy for one minute when people tell me that's what you sign up for. I signed up to protect and contribute to the well-being of my community, not to blindly give someone the benefit of the doubt when faced with a life-threatening action that could take me from my family. We forget sometimes that police officers are human and experience human emotions. The involved officers have to live with the fact that they took someone's life, and to compound that, they have to try to block out the noise of unrelenting public criticism and unsupported judgment on their character. Mr. Toole's death is remarkably tragic, I sincerely hope positive change can come from it. Clearly, our social safety nets were not there in his most dire time of need. These are not just policing shortcomings. They encompass health care, education, justice, employment, child welfare, just to name a few. We all need to do better. It's easy to point the finger at Calgary police, but their interaction with this man was the culmination of what I imagine were a chain of systemic failings And on the point of repairing police relations with racialized communities, more absolutely needs to be done. The tense and strained aftermath of Mr. Toole's death illustrates this clearly. But that too is a journey that will have many bumps and hills along the way. We cannot lose sight of the ultimate destination. Anton says, thank you for giving me the time to express these thoughts that were weighing on me. After I listened to Monday's episode, I may not always agree with the guests that Real Talk offers, but I'm grateful I can hear opinions that differ from my own. It's what makes the show stand out, and it's what keeps me tuning in. That from Anton. I guarantee not everyone's going to see eye to eye with what Anton had to say. And of course, there is some obfuscation around the availability of police or the willingness of police to comment on this. Our coverage of this story is not complete, and we make a commitment that we'll continue to facilitate and host these conversations. Every Wednesday, with real life happening around us, with the heartbreak And the difficult realities that we face We look forward to a few moments Where we can forget about it all And take ourselves out to the mountains It's a partnership we're grateful to have With Tourism Jasper My Jasper Memories And today We wanted to remind you About this crown jewel In Western Canada Jasper, officially One of the 30 best national parks On planet Earth That's right, Outside Magazine recently released its list of the 30 best national parks in the world, and Jasper obviously made the cut. Six continents, tens of millions of acres, thousands of geographical and geological wonders, and there is Jasper National Park in the Central and North America category. Jasper was the only Canadian park chosen outside magazine called it the definition of wild and scenic look at that maline canyon unbelievable we just did the ice walk there a few weeks ago amazing to see it in the summer that's the angel glacier (sighs) stunning it's the sheer size i think of jasper national park that has to figure into this Uh, described as the definition of wild and scenic booming populations of moose and elk and bears Interested in maybe working in Jasper, or maybe you know somebody that needs a job this summer that wants to find an exciting and fulfilling career that could have a wonderful outdoor element to it. So many opportunities to work at and for the super fun and unique employers in town. You can find more information by checking out Jasper.travel slash Real Talk. Look at that. Mount Edith Cavell. Sam, can I put you on this can I be a real jerk and put you on the spot for a second? Based on the orientation of Mount Edith Cavell. This might be a dumb question, but I, I know you're going to have the answer. Can we tell, based on where that light is hitting that mountain face, whether that's the sunrise or the sunset, is that dusk or dawn? Can you Ooh. tell? That's an unfair question to that put you an on unfair the spot. question.
1: I believe this should be dawn. If, I'm, if I know Cavell the way that I'm thinking about yes. it, this face is looking towards the east, which means that is
0: a sunrise. Okay. Stunning stuff! And then can we get personal for a second editorial producer sarah hoyles you were kind enough to share a couple of your jasper memories with us so can you take us into these photos where what are we seeing right here and for the benefit of those on the podcast tell us all about it
2: well this is the valley of the five lakes and this is something that outside magazine actually said is "Ah, gorgeous and i would concur so this is a photo of ranger enjoying one of those five lakes in that valley And then this is on the way towards Jasper. We had to stop off just because it was so gorgeous. And Ranger loves to play (laughs) fetch and loves water. He does not believe in swimming. He doesn't know that dogs can swim. He believes in wading. His middle name should be Wade. (laughs) Wade.
0: Wade is an amazing dog name, by the way. Moses is the same, our boxer. Uh, maybe it's the, it has to do with the bully breeds or something like that. He'll only go up to his socks. He only goes up to his elbows. Do dogs have elbows. They're called elbows, right? Whatever they're called. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. yeah. Dogs have elbows. Yeah. Anyway. So, and Monroe, our lab, you know, she'll be like right into Lac Bovair. She'll be halfway across the lake. We're like, come back. Those are our, my Jasper memories. We'd love to hear yours. You can share your photos or videos on Twitter, Instagram, using the hashtags, my Jasper and #RealTalkRJ. You never know when you might see your Jasper memories featured right here. Wednesdays on real talk. Hoyles, let me uh, keep you here for a second. Uh, that was an interesting email from Anton, an inner city police officer. Uh, his perspective, based on his experience, we always welcome uh, those types of messages. You're the one on the inside. You're the one that's you know working on guests, putting panels together, sending out the invitations, dealing with the agencies, including police departments. Um, I mean, what was the real talk on our request? I think we tried to we requested bringing back Superintendent Sharif. Right, he was the one I talked to initially three weeks before the shooting, without obviously knowing what was going to happen.
2: Yes. So I wanted to clarify the Calgary police are willing to talk to us. It's not that they're not willing to talk. So that, uh, assertion in that email is incorrect. Okay. They are willing to talk to us. They were just swamped and they weren't able to get back to us with the ask that I put in. And, uh, the superintendent is on vacation currently. Yeah. So they've asked, is it okay to talk to another officer? Um, or person in a leadership position, but I think one hundred percent we will.
0: Sure, and I think I think what what Anton's probably getting at, and I'm just saying with with you know experience of years and years of reporting that when when you show up outside of police headquarters and you're going to ask them about an officer involved shooting. They're automatically going to say it's under a certain investigation. And we can't comment on the circumstances of it. And I and I and, and that is what's going to happen. Um, and, and that's understandable to a certain degree. It's the same thing as when there's legal proceedings or when there's anything that's just real life. Uh, people can't go on the record and comment on it if those could be influenced. But we do want to circle back and a bigger part of this was uh, the bigger focus three weeks after our initial conversation about de-escalating mental health calls, this tragedy happens. And that's not to say that obviously a program or an initiative, in this case a pilot program, would come in and immediately solve the problem. But quite frankly, it was a heartbreaking reminder of the work that remains to be done in this space.
2: Yes. Uh, In an article that was published on February 22nd by the CBC, the police did defend their actions. So they are again commenting on what's going on, even though yeah. it's gonna go under investigation. So I don't know, There's, there were a couple different pieces in there, the idea that, you know, there are supports uh, needed for mental health and that there need to be the right services at the right time. That was something that was said by the superintendent and then reiterated in that email and precisely to the point that pilot program is about getting help to mental health folks, not from police yeah. or with police support. And the other point of humans are police officers. Uh, police officers are humans, and they have emotions. That's precisely what one of the issues is. That yes, they they will that- they will take they will take on the emotion of having yeah. hurt or killed somebody, but they will also bring in their biases.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's real life. I mean, and and I'm not trying to be cute or funny or stupid here, um, but like, I mean, unless, you know, unless it's like the Terminator age of robot police enforcement, then that's a, that's going to be a reality. There's the human element to it. And I think that the emotional side of it, like here's when we say real talk, here's the real talk is people are saying, and and I wish I could remember the the audience, I think it was maybe Erica or somebody that, that was paying keen attention to that panel. And at the end of it, her assessment was essentially, it was a good conversation, but I'm not sure that we've figured out the appropriate response or who to send to a circumstance where it is undeniably a mental health crisis, but there are safety concerns, whether it's the complainant, whether it's the person, the subject, right, or or, or the suspect, if there's been a crime committed, if there's weapons involved. Uh, we, we can't pretend like there's not a role for law enforcement or some form of security, even for counselors or interventionists or crisis negotiators or whatever the case may be that respond and it's it's um, maybe somewhat of an uncomfortable conversation but I think in my mind it occurs to me as an obvious conversation that there needs to be both pieces or both resources at play or available you know what I mean
2: precisely and yeah. I think that's where um, there's kind of a blind spot is that there uh, just police officers answered this call and I, the the roundtable that we had in late January just before the pilot program launched, on February 1st in Calgary was the idea that they're supposed to be co-located. They're supposed to be working together. And there wasn't that meshing, that network, that um, diversity in services and supports provided. And that's where I think and how I think this escalated to a point of someone being killed.
0: Yeah. Good stuff, Whales. Yeah. Um- We'll be talking in just a second about what we've got coming up on tomorrow's show. I wanted to remind you that our friends at Eden Landscaping are about so much more than some of the things I mentioned. I'll talk about like outdoor kitchens or water features. But if you check out their website, landscapeedmonton.ca, you'll be able to see their full service offerings from excavation all the way through to the finished product. Uh, They've got... Uh, relationships with skilled trades which is very relevant right now tough to get trades these days that's the reports i'm hearing edible garden boxes uh, maybe you got to run a new sewer line don't even want to tell you about what our family's dealing with right now no i won't drag you into this friends you don't need to share our pain whether you're digging out or excavating a new sewer line <sighs> maybe looking to do some hardscaping maybe looking to do a retaining wall water features as mentioned outdoor kitchens look at all this lighting mood lighting should i keep going we're running up against the clock but i want to keep talking about it check it out for yourself at landscapeedmonton.ca and then there's our friends at grand dog essentials just the other day we received our weekly delivery of their quality raw food. Get it in two boxes, because Moses, our boxer, nine years old, Monroe, our two-year-old lab, they eat different things. We've got different diets, their guts work differently. Moses needs his bone and joint support supplements. We also get those from Grand Dog. You can shop their complete lineup, including those supplements, at granddog.ca. Don't forget, they deliver to your door in Calgary, Edmonton, and Central Alberta. 10% off your first-time order with the promo code REALTALK at granddog.ca. Tomorrow's show is going to be a good one. We continue our coverage of the stories that are making news as we acknowledge that a lot of these stories change fast. So we're going to make sure that you know what you need to know. Plus, we're going to step away and talk about health and wellness with an amazing roundtable including my personal trainer, a beauty by the name of Graham Duty. I can't wait for you to meet him. Until then, the
3: Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Editorial producer Sarah Hoyles. Technical producer Sam Brooks. Managing director Josh Dunford. Account coordinator Tanya Franklin. Merchandise operations Katie Cook Chivers. Website design Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duveti, Ahmed Ali, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Julie Rohr, Harmon Candola.